This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. And welcome to this episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie. I'm here with Jessica. Hello. And we are so grateful and humbled that you guys are with us for another episode today. And man, if I had anything to say about how good it feels that people are like here downloading, listening, you know, engaging with us, we just so appreciate you guys being a part of the Badass Ladies Club. We would be so grateful if you would like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share it with somebody that you feel like will love it. Thank you so much. And let's talk about Badass of the Week. Okay. Our Badass of the Week is an incredible human being who honestly, like you and I don't know all that well. No, no. Well, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. but, um, we are Facebook friends and he's a good friend of our friend Mandy's. Right. We are talking about the one and only Cody Christensen. Cody. And if you don't know who Cody Christensen is, he is a lot of things. He's an actor, an author, um, an activist, a Harvard, Harvard student. student. Yeah. Like, um, and he inspires me daily. So he does these daily Facebook posts that he just says like what his day was about, which for anybody else sounds really boring because our lives aren't that interesting. <laughs> but Cody is so awesome because every single day, I swear to God, if you look at his Facebook, it is, I went to this class and this amazing thing happened. I volunteered here. I'm doing this for student council efforts. Um, he is constantly making changes in his community mm. and his backstory of going from addiction and homelessness to now a Harvard student right. is so incredible. And um, I had been like kind of creeper following him <laughs> for a hot minute. And then one day he contacted me because he wanted my help on like this Harvard project that he was doing. Right. Um, <laughs> it was a strange story. Um, but we had, you know, our friend Mandy in common and he was like, Mandy told me about you and I'd love to have your help on this. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so strange, but I'm here for it. Cody. Um, He's super inspirational. I mean, he's super inspirational. And like one of the things that I love about him, again, without knowing him really well, besides through our friend Mandy, and I've obviously read his book, is like Cody doesn't stand for things he doesn't believe in. And mm -hmm. if he believes in something, he was going to speak about it. You know, like he's going to call attention to it. He's going to shed light on it. And if that makes you uncomfortable, well, then I guess you're the person that I'm talking to, you know, like yeah. he, and so, and I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's just like by default that that's yeah. how he comes across to me. But I have so much respect for the things that he 
finds valuable and then shares it with me through social media in a way that then all of a sudden I find it valuable too. And that that is really powerful to have that kind of gift um, to the world. So yeah, Cody, get on here. Get on the show. (laughs) Uh, We want to share your awesome with everybody. Yes. Yes. So... Laurie, yeah. let's talk. Oh my God. Let's talk. <laughs> um, today's episode is about being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we start with this? Because this is something that you and I have talked about with being in this new realm of our careers. Right. Um, although I feel because we've been in the beauty industry, I feel like being in the beauty industry, whether you're a hairstylist or a makeup artist, you're always performing. Of course. In a way. Yeah, totally. Like your chair or your station is your stage. You're on stage, yeah. And you're sharing your life with the person you're working on. Well, then we made this shift into podcasting. And it's like that, but on a whole other level. Yeah. You know, what's funny is this morning I hung out with a friend of mine, um, who's, you know, in his sixties and he was so interested in the podcast and how all these questions about it and wanted to talk about it. But the first thing he asked me is what is a podcast, (laughs) which we have talked about on this show. Like that was a lot of people's reaction when we started a podcast and we were sharing it with them. And so to explain what it meant to have a podcast to somebody, I haven't done that in almost a year, you know, that I did a whole lot of that at the beginning. And that when I was explaining it to him, like his first like reaction was, so you're kind of like famous or something, right? And I was (laughs) like, like, uh, uh, not really. No, not really. (laughs) And what I told him is, you know, anybody can have a podcast. Like, it's not yeah. like they put you through this, you know, ringer it's, to make sure right. you're qualified or something. Like, it's not like we went to school and got a certification no. for this. We were just like, this what we're going to do this, you know? <laughs> and that what it really means is that we're creating a brand, a community, a movement, ideally, you know, like that allows us to be seen as the founders of the Badass Ladies Club. And that being seen in a way where you're like, this is what, I'm about, this is what I represent. And that it's your baby is a lot different than representing someone else's baby, which is what I had always done up until we had Badass Ladies Club. Um, And that the responsibility that comes with being seen is huge. And that if you're gonna promote your baby and you're gonna get your baby out there and you're in hopes of having people fall in love with what your baby's about, then that means that you have to stand up and be like, this is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And that that is terrifying on a level that had I known how terrifying it was, <laughs> I maybe would have questioned us doing it at all. You know, like, I know. so glad we did, you know, like right. best learning experience of my life so far. However, putting yourself out there to be seen is the reason why so many people don't start businesses. Well, Businesses, but I mean, podcasting in particular, one, if you guys go back to our very first episode, we said, you know, well, we're not going to get into any like huge, heavy political things. (laughs) And that if we did, we would have people on who disagree with us. Um, Well, we've talked a lot about heavy political things and we haven't really had anybody on that super challenges us yet. 
mostly, well, for a lot of reasons, but, um, I still think that's coming. It, I, I think it's coming. We're not totally out on that one, but yeah, we have actually asked some people to come on who have turned us down right. because they don't want their opinion or whatever it is out there to be seen and heard because that can come at a cost these days. Um, and I say so many things on this podcast that like after we leave a recording, I'm like, my mother is going to <laughs> like kill me. What did I just say? I think yeah. I do that a lot. Does your mom listen Sorry, to mom. every episode? Yes. My mom listens to every, every episode? episode. I think so. Oh Dana, gosh. are you listening? I don't know if my mom listens to every episode. I think my mom does. She, yeah, she went through the whole thing. Wow. I know she was catching up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I also think that like, I feel like being seen is a lot like anything else. Like it's really easy to judge and cast judgment on people from the couch. Yeah. You know, like unless you're <laughs> going to really get easy from this spot, right? Like yeah. get in the game or I have no, and even if you're in the game, I still may not have much of an affection for what you think of it one way or the other, you know, like, yeah. and, but that has not always been the case. And I think that part of being seen is understanding who you are enough and like super loving that person for whatever they turn out to be that you don't really need the outside validation for being seen to be a problem, you know, mm -hmm. but that's just like on a really like spiritual I'm okay level. There's also just things about physically being seen that are weird, you know, and that, we all have like a virtual persona out there now where we have like this social media image or yeah. brand, you know, that we're working with. And what I find is that the more, the more I'm just me, the more that appeals to people that are watching me, mm -hmm. but to just be me is like truly the hardest thing about being seen. I think is that you, that humans are imperfect and they're not retouched, airbrushed, filtered, you know, like pictures that you see on your cell phone. And that doesn't mean that you don't get um, uncomfortable with being like truly seen for who you are. But I also, yeah, like I just go back to like the people that I really care about know who I am and know what I look like, regardless of all of that anyway, yeah. you know. Um, but I love the question, how do you, how does it make you feel? to be seen because a big part of our Super business. Vulnerable. Yeah. Like <laughs> really, coaching really vulnerable. <laughs> is a big direction of where we're going right, right now, you know, is like in, in coaching people and helping people, even if it's just like people who want to start a po podcast or people that want to start a business or that need, you know, like direction or advice in any space. Like one of the very first things that I talk to people about is how does it make you feel to be seen? Because it doesn't matter if you want to start something like a podcast that's going to put you on a public platform where you're going to be looked at, or you want to do a business where nobody ever sees your face. You still got to put yourself out there in some way, shape, or form, you know, and ask for engagement, involvement, business, whatever it is that you're selling, you know, and that that means that you have to be seen in that respect. And that's really hard for people. It's what keeps most people employed instead of employing, you know, yeah. is that need to not be seen. Talk more about vulnerable. 
Well, <laughs> um, I just think that having a public persona, whether it's for business or not, you know, it could just be your personal Facebook or Instagram sure. page, you know, like however you're putting yourself out there. Um, you know, and we've talked about social media before and how, you know, they're, they're, it's a highlight reel. It's a filter of everything. And you kind of have this power behind a keyboard or a phone screen to like put on whatever image you want. Um, however, if you're projecting something that isn't true or authentic, that that can get really exhausting. Yeah. And, um, like you're constantly on, mm-hmm. right. And that you're not human, but to be human is to be messy and, you know, emotional. And, um, I think that so much of like where I come from, especially as a woman in business, and I use air quotes with that is that we can't be emotional. Um, absolutely not. Right. Is that like, we have to be this, um, shell of a person you know, almost like an alien with a human suit on, you know, to make us look like we have all of our shit together because no one wants to, um, employ contract deal with a woman who is open, honest, and vulnerable, um, because it's just too much trouble. No, that's way too much. Right. So, um, I just, I feel really vulnerable sometimes when, especially with everything that we talk about, it's super vulnerable. And sometimes I walk away from these recordings going, what the fuck did I just say? Did I just share? (laughs) Did I just share that part of my life? Did I just say that? Then I forget that I did these Mm -hmm. things because typically if we record an episode, it releases two to three weeks later. And then if I see someone weeks out from that, they'll mention something. And I'm like, wait, how did you know that? And then I forget all the time that I put it out there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, you know that about me. That's weird. Um, which is weird, especially if like you don't have a deep, deep connection with somebody. I mean, right now we got deep connections with everybody. <laughs> like, no, but I totally hear you. You, you like, know what I mean? It's like, kind of a shock that they are asking you this thing that's so personal to you. Yeah, right. When you didn't remember physically <laughs> delivering it to them. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> right now I feel like I'm just talking to you. Yeah. And like no one else is here oh, listening. Oh, it's tricky. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit. I didn't just share that with Laurie. I literally just shared that with anyone who. With every download. Is listening. With every download. Um. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know what else I think is really interesting about um, being seen is that the goal in being seen is to help people feel seen. Yes. And that connecting with people on the Internet, okay, is really different than connecting with people in person Mm -hmm. because you people want to feel seen, you know, like they want to have that connection energetically with you but through this device right where you clearly have like lighting or a filter or an angle or whatever you know and that when people feel seen that's what allows them to relate to you 
And that the best way, in my opinion, to be seen and feel seen and connect with other humans on the internet is to go live. Yeah. And that going live is something that you and I are getting a lot more comfortable with because we are trying to share with people things that are really important and vulnerable and sensitive to us in an effort to help everyone, you know? Right. And that going live is different. Like I have no issue go like making a video and posting a video for some reason that feels like less stress or pressure than going live and then posting the live video because there's no like taking that back or being like, "Mm, let me do that again. You know, like that it has this finality to it. Most people don't watch it live. Most people are watching it. They're watching a replay anyway. Yeah. But you are delivering it live. And that that has, um, I don't know, there's just like a realness and a vulnerability to that. that, But I'm also getting, it's it's getting easier. You know, like the more we do it, the easier it gets. But that's the same thing is that you are broadcasting and talking to a larger number of people and going live is kind of like a phone call or like a conversation with somebody where, yeah, if you don't remember everything that you said, people talk to me about things that I have said on a live and I'm like, what was that? (laughs) Okay. Um, go me. Like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, the being seen thing is, um, you know, I have found, you know, We've talked heavily on this podcast about like beauty mm-hmm. and filters and especially like my trauma with, you know, my Port Weinstein birthmark and makeup and why I'm in the beauty industry in the first place and like full circle, all these things. Right. Um And I recently, well, by recently, I mean like maybe actually a couple months ago, um, did a post without my makeup on. And it was this whole story about, you know, um, something had happened at my house. I needed my neighbor's help, um, to do something. And in this moment, I didn't have makeup on and, you know, long story short, I thought someone broke into my house because my front door was open she helped make sure that my house was okay. Um, and in the middle of this like really tense moment of me and this woman checking the house, Adelaide is out in the car, like freaking out that someone might be in our house. Um, I'm like checking behind the shower curtain and I turn around and this woman, my neighbor says, what happened to your face? And I was like, nothing. I was born this way. Right. But moving on, like I'm trying to check if anyone's freaking sure in my there's house. no intruder. Like, right. yeah. like, so I just thought like, I know it's normal for people to be curious and to ask questions. And, you know, maybe she thought I was hurt that I fell or maybe someone did something to me. And I know that probably she didn't mean it maliciously. Right. I get it. Um, but I am so fucking tired of that question. Every time I don't have makeup on that I made a post about it. And I was like, you know, just think about what you say to people and that maybe 
timing is something to think about yes. as well. And instead of what happened to your face, maybe there's another way to ask that question, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you can't tell the difference between a birthmark and, you know, like actual bruising, there's... A, there's a definite difference, y'all. Like, there's a definite difference. Anyway, I made this post, and I'm not kidding when I say I got more um, honest, real, vulnerable, direct message conversations out of that post than I have about any other filtered, you know, um, everything's great kind of post that I've ever made. And that post wasn't too get attention or to get people flooding my DM saying like, oh, Jessica, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful. Yeah. Stop it. Like I had a couple women in my DM saying, oh my gosh. So I'm, I don't have a birthmark, but I have like major rosacea. What kind of makeup do you yeah. use to help me cover this? And cause people ask me about my skin all the time and you know, so it actually turned out to be really cool because I was able to help people through this really honest and vulnerable post. And people like that. Yeah. People like real. They want to see real. They want to see real, especially in a world of fakeness all the time, yeah. you know? And so even though it was really scary and I don't love people seeing me without makeup on, people like it. Yeah. They really do. And I felt good about what came out on the other side with all those direct message conversations that came in with it. You know what I think or what I wonder about that really is that people like to see someone um, fall outside of their expectations of who they thought they were. Yeah. So somebody who doesn't know that about you, that sees you with makeup on, how you present yourself to the world on the regular like that, that then finds out that you have this birthmark and that you are Jessica, but that they just didn't know that you were the Jessica that had a birthmark, you know, yeah. on your face like that, that it makes it almost like pumps them up a little bit that they're like, OK, so if Jessica can be who she is, you know, and be so confident and so beautiful and so happy and so, you know, like in all these ideas of who they believe you to be and she overcomes the idea that she has the birthmark you know and instead she just like finds makeup and she covers it up and she you know goes on with life like you didn't just roll over and die because you have right. a poor wine stain <laughs> birthmark you know that it's inspiring to them and then whatever it is that they use as a reason why they can't do life becomes less of a reason and then they have this like permission to transcend whatever it is that's in their way to do things at a greater and larger level, which is why people love to hear about someone overcoming whatever it is that you're overcoming, right. whether that's a physical thing or that's something else that you've been through with your life. People love to hear the human element of overcoming something, yeah. you know? And, you know, you've been doing that a lot. Um, specifically on your lives with this new career transition that you've been doing of leaving, you know, the salon and moving into healing work. Totally. And people are taking notice and that's what's getting you so many 
coaching clients and all these things because people are paying attention and you're being honest and real and being like, hey, so I did this really scary thing. And you guys know me as Laurie Wallace, the makeup artist salon lady. And, you know, yes, that's still part of who you are. You'll do anyone's makeup who asks you to do Bring it. it. But, all yeah, like, um, but the, that openness and honesty is what's bringing you your clientele right now. And it's really cool to watch from the outside. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that I changed my mind mm-hmm. and that it is um, that changing your mind about who you want to be and what you want to do with your life and your time is frowned upon in a really strange way. And I've talked on the podcast a lot about, you know, like how harsh I've been in the past with other people changing their mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, until I changed my mind yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, Oh, wait, and then I was I like, Oh, that. I get like, <laughs> I get it now. Um, but that, that really should allow everyone the freedom and flexibility to say, yeah, what I did made me happy for as long as it made me happy. But then when it didn't, I changed my mind and decided to do something different, you know? Um, and that I can lean into that. And I think a big reason why I love Badass Ladies Club so much is because we don't stop talking about the experience when the experience becomes listen to what I've done wrong in my (laughs) world, you know, because there's lots of examples of things that have gone on in my business life that I'm not particularly proud of right now because of that exact point, you know, because I didn't act so great when people had to do what they were doing to take care of themselves and that that doesn't make me a bad person that makes me a human being, you know? And if what it offers to other people by hearing that by example is that they're more compassionate with the dark parts of themselves, mm-hmm. that that's enough for me. Yeah, You know, like yeah. the, the whole name of the game is that you look at like your whole life and all the choices, the good choices, the bad choices, all of it. And you're like, yeah, that was hard. And I love the me that made it through that, you know, like look at how much I've learned because of all of those things. And that being compassionate with yourself is the only thing that allows you to be compassionate with other people. And it's what's making me a really great healer is to be able to shine a light on the parts of me that were really hard to look at that kept me unhappy and kept Mm -hmm. me in the cycle of doing things that didn't feel aligned with me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, being seen like that is really risky if you haven't healed the parts of yourself that hate you for that, you know, like, yeah. And I have, which is why I can, you know, like, um, but yeah, like a lot of that level of being seen and not being like the perfect Laurie that has it all figured out, you know, like that was always bullshit. Like that was never a thing. Like that was a front that made me a lot of money and that, you know, like worked for me in a lot of respects until it did not anymore. Um, same, but that's also like (laughs) a a spiritual being seen. Like we've talked already about like the work style being seen Mm -hmm. and owning a business and what that looks like, or the physical side of being seen and what it looks like to like, look at me all the time. Um, but then, yeah, there's that spiritual nurturing, you're a human spirit and you got to love the good parts and the bad parts being seen. That's really dark and scary sometimes. Yeah. Um, shining a light on like your shadow self is 
Ain't for the faint of heart. There. <laughs> <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. She my gets friend. real like. Ooh, um, but again, people dig it. Um, mostly because they're like, oh shit, yeah. Because I I love it when I listen to a podcast, have a conversation with somebody watch a movie or, you know, whatever it is that has a moment in there where you're like, oh shit, I totally do that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, that, uh, when you feel seen, yes. Like you were saying earlier, uh, that that's a pretty powerful gift Yeah, to feel seen mm -hmm. and it gives you the power to be vulnerable to help others yeah. because at the end of the day, if we don't work through our shit, like what are we doing? What's the whole point? What's though? the whole point? Yeah. Like you don't get to take your Instagram feed with you. Right. You know, like it is so much more about doing the work on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, you know, we're going to get into this in later episodes, but that you were made to, be a magnificent person and that you're not meant to carry around shame for nope. things. Um, but like I said, I know we're going to talk about that in later episodes that I don't want to like get too heavy into right now, right. But, but that that's part of being seen and showing people like, Hey, I, I see you and I'm this way too, mm -hmm. but we're designed to live these magnificent lives. And so I'm going to work through my shit. So work through it with me. Right. <laughs> like, let's do this. Well, and I think to your point, though, every support system that we have had in, you know, like we talk about our healing journey a lot, um, that like definitely over the last year, the support that we've had through healing journeys have been other sloppy, messy people that are like, oh, you think your shit's ugly? Like, <laughs> right. take a look at this, you know, and like can share their stories and their shadow sides and their experiences where, and all of those things don't make me love and understand them less. Like it makes me love Isn't and understand cool? them, them more, you know? Yes. And I, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. that part of it, you know, yes. because then it does free me. Right. To be like, okay, so there's this part of me that like I know is there that I've never shared with other people before. But if it makes me connect to all of these other people on a higher level that now I see that they're human beings that are fallible and make mistakes like everybody does. Um, maybe it's time for me to look at this part of myself. I live for this shit. And heal it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, I, I love that whole, um, when I, for lack of a better word, show my shit to someone mm -hmm. or that they show their shit to me, it used to be like, oh, if I share this part of myself, I'm unlovable mm -hmm. or this isn't polite or right or how a woman should act or feel right. or be or exist. Um, it's, it's especially empowering when like other women come together and like show their shadow selves as well. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I don't know for me, it's been especially cool. Like when men have been like, 
you know what? That's really cool. And not like shutting that away and being like, well, women shouldn't act like that or feel that way or have that opinion. Or, you know, it's really cool to kind of see men come up as um, allies. Well, and but this is the interesting part about that. The only reason that men can come up as allies in that respect and start to honor the fact that there are these multifaceted parts of women, that women are just humans, right? Right. Um, is that women have had to speak up right. and say- And call out. No, no, no. Yeah. This is a part of me too. Like, And I know that you like to think that, because for so long, women were in this box of like- you vacuum the house with eyeliner and lipstick on, you know, in your heels all day and you make the meals and you pick up the kids and you do the housework and you do. And that's what your everything is. And don't deviate from this. And that the women that do that, that do deviate from this idea are outcast, are the bad ones, are the whatever, you know, that the only tide turning situation that is it enough women were like, yeah, no, that's not who I am. I can be all of those things. And I actually enjoy things like cooking, doing the laundry yeah, or like, picking the kids up from school. Or, you know, like I love these things. It's not that I don't want to or don't and I'm not embodying all of those things. But don't put me in this box that says that that's all that I am because I'm also enraged and I'm also grieving and I'm also terrified, you know, and right. I'm also inspired and I'm also artistic. And I'm also, you know, like that it's you get to be everything. Like, it's not too much. Be too much. Take up some fucking space. Right. Like, be all of it. Because and if that's, you're too much, they can find less. Go get less. Bye. There's less everywhere. I'm right. Like, <laughs> enjoy less. Yeah. I'm just going to be more, you know? And yeah. that until enough women did that, that wasn't a turn on. Right. We're now, and I don't mean just like a sexual turn on. I right. just mean like but people like, are attracted to it. And right. now people are attracted to humans, not just women, but like everyone that kids like, guess what? This is who I freaking am because it allows men a chance to be effeminate, mm -hmm. to be sensitive and delicate, right. to be nurturing, to be things to be that tender, men, to yeah, be, like yeah. weren't always allowed to be. So it's not about gender. It's about humanity and like just letting humans be human is what we're so drawn to in each other anyway. And I love that we're getting to that place yeah. where that's really fluid and flexible, you know? Shout out to the women who paved the way. I mean, thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you, you, ladies. Like, <laughs> yeah, we needed you and you showed up for us. Hell um, yeah. And we will continue to show up. We will continue, yes. What else about being seen? Oh. You know what I, one thing that I think is really cool on the being seen conversation? What? Is that there is something that happens as you grow up where you start to learn what it means to be seen, you know, that like babies and toddlers and even like kids under five, I feel like, you know, like have really probably before they go to school, maybe. Yeah. Have this idea that like, it's just okay to be me, whatever that is, you know, mm -hmm. but then this idea of being seen and either, uh, conforming or we can roll it all the way back to like good girl, bad girl or good right. boy, get bad boy, you know, like that being who you are gets labeled and being labeled comes at a cost. And how do you want to be labeled addresses what you show or how you're seen from that way out. Um, and that that's a really interesting thing when you start to think about like 
the spiritual awakening that happens as grownups where you're starting to unlearn things, you know, and you're like deprogramming yourself a little Mm -hmm. bit, unconditioning your behavior based on all of these things Mm -hmm. um, until you get old. And then you're an old person and then you don't give a shit about any of that either. You know, like you're just like, whatever, I'm 87 and this is how I am and you can deal with it. You know, it's a really interesting swing. It is interesting because with raising a five-year-old, I have witnessed just in kindergarten that these things naturally occur and happen. Like we're at an age right now where they're still pretty like aloof and like, what? I'm just being myself. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And they're not really too concerned, but already with Adelaide, I'm seeing this comparing thing. She wants her ears pierced. Mm. Well, Charlotte has her ears pierced mom. Like, that's great. So does Lily. Like, yeah. And, you know, I said, well, you know, your dad and I talked about it, babe, and we're not piercing your ears till you can take care of them yourself. Because I'm sorry, guys, like I'm not cleaning earlobes for eight weeks straight twice a day. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. She can do it when she's old enough to take care of it. If she's responsible enough for it, she can do it. And that was where I was like since before she was born, because I knew that the ear piercing thing would come up eventually. It's always a thing. I'm like, either we do it as a baby where she doesn't know it's even happening or we do it when she's older. So we just decided when she's older. And there's enough to clean up when she's a baby. Right. But, um, you know, so like that whole comparing thing already happening. Um, I have a client who is an art teacher and her favorite age to teach is littles because she said they create these pieces of art that like are scribbles and they're so proud and they're like, look what I did. And she said that there's this shift right around third or fourth grade, definitely by fifth grade, but it starts like third or fourth grade where they start criticizing and this whole thing kicks in of this isn't good enough. I'm not enough. So-and-so's work is better than mine. And we're just talking about art, you know, which is so subjective, right? But I think that it bleeds into so many other things, you know? Um, I can remember at at that age wanting to recluse and turn inward and not be seen because, you know, kids suck. Yeah. Kids are, you know, like they're the worst. And, um, but that this just naturally happens. And I find myself as a parent really struggling with Adelaide sometimes because she says that she's friends with all the kids in her class, except this one kid who happens to be a shithead. Okay. Fair. There's always one. Yeah. And I'm trying to teach Adelaide to be friendly, to give people grace but also to put up with no shit. Right. And that is a really hard balance. It's a hard balance, yeah. Because I don't want to teach her to, like, be mean, but I don't want to teach her to roll over and take it either. Yeah. And so it's been really weird. This is a weird time in my parenting journey. 
I am not a parent, but I'm telling you, from what I understand, that shit doesn't get any easier. Like, kids are only going to get meaner, and and that the comparison game only gets more intense, you know? Right. Like, the older they get. Um, but I tell you what the real challenge of that is, is that I'm an adult, and I know that people are going through things that I know nothing about. Yeah. And I know that, you know, like, what most people walk around with on their shoulders on a daily basis exceeds some of the things that I could ever imagine, you know, like pressure wise. Um, but for example, when I'm driving down university on my way here today <laughs> and there's six people backed up on university waiting to turn into the Starbucks parking lot and nearly causing like massive traffic damage everywhere. Like I honked <laughs> and yelled and maybe threw a bird or two out the window. You know, like <laughs> I was, and I was late, you know, like, so I was furious about it. And like, as soon as the rage came out and I got around them, like I felt really bad, you know, because I'm sure I've backed up traffic sitting in a Starbucks parking lot somewhere oh, yeah. at some point, you know, like, and so like these uh, knee jerk reactions that Okay, we but have, side note, those parking lots need to be designed no. better. Like <laughs> it's totally Starbucks fault right. for creating this culture of psychos right. that have to have their coffee and that creating a deadly traffic jam right. is like secondary to the I fact blame that I you need Starbucks yeah. and your parking lot needs to be better. And it needs to be bigger. <laughs> um or there needs to be somebody directing traffic or right. some shit, you know, like uh it was dangerous. Mm -hmm. But that in my reactivity I don't know what any of those people are going through in their cars. Yeah. Some of them may not even been trying to get into the parking lot. They may have just thought that traffic was backed up all the way from White Settlement, you know? Right, like they right. didn't know. Um, so, yes, like it's so hard to be sensitive to what, because the kid who's an asshole might have really valid reasons right. to be acting out in this way, right? And so. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to how you teach her to navigate that besides this idea that ultimately at the end of the day, all you have is you. Yeah. All Adelaide has is Adelaide, period. You know, like mm -hmm. that's all there is. And so teaching kids to be self-reliant on who they are and not letting other people push them into or being something they're not or, yeah, or yeah. influence who they are. Whether it's piercing ears or right. bullying. Or bullied, yeah. yeah. That those things don't change who you are and they really shouldn't change how you behave either. Um, but all they're ever going to do at the end of the day is mirror what they see. Yeah. And in this case, if she had been in the car, <laughs> she <laughs> would have seen really horrible <laughs> behavior from Auntie Laurie. Like, um, <laughs> do as I say. Uh, I like, right. I like do as I say. Like, oh, that is like the worst, Laurie. <laughs> you can't say that to a I kid. would never say that. Oh my god. I would say it's okay to mess up. Yes. And I love you no matter what. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um yeah, so be seen, y'all. Be seen. Take up some space. And and hang out with people that are okay with you know, yes. Seeing your shit. The, the life is messy. Yeah, yeah. And sloppy. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you just got to let it all out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good about that. I've said everything <laughs> I have to say about this topic. As much as we can. As, right? much, as, as much as I'm willing to divulge right? at this current stage of the game. Um, 
Y'all, if life feels hard sometimes and it's hard to get out there and be seen, just know that like we see you and we love you and we think that you guys are doing a great freaking job at life. All right. (laughs) And uh, get out there and share this podcast and spread some love and joy. You guys have a great day. We love you. Love you. Love you.